Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Dayspring and Scott Free. The name's Cable. Remember it. And the only people who can stop apocalypse are the mutants known as Dayspring, Scott Free, and Michelle. This is Captain America, and we need to defeat apocalypse. Welcome to Power of X-Men Apocalypse, the podcast where we review every single issue of the classic, reality-warping, high-octane, epic X-Men crossover event known as Age of Apocalypse. I'm your co-host, Michelle, literally any mutant going into the Crucible today because I need to die and get resurrected so I get rid of this COVID. (laughs) (laughs) And I am not one of the Madri because Dark Beast thought I was too much of a hot mess to perform genetic experiments on Dayspring. And I'm the sad sack Irish bastard lawyer who isn't Matt Murdock, Mr. Scott Free. And I'm the guy sitting alone in the Dazzler VIP section, Flinkman. Stop it. No, that I is would be there with you. I would be in that VIP. It would be the two of us. But you're in isolation, babe. You can't be with oh, me. Oh, not if I get resurrected. I'll be fine. True, true. Resurrected <laughs> with no flaws. Resurrect me. Oh my God. I I would be so angry if I had VIP tickets to a Dazzler show and I got COVID and then I couldn't go. Uh, try like, getting invited to the Multiverse of Madness premiere and not being able to go. <laughs> Bummer. So sorry for you because it's that right. is the hottest ticket, I'm sure, in LA right now. I know. Oh, well. Say la vie. We have Michelle officially joining the team as reoccurring guest host. Yes. Welcome. Uh, sorry you have to put up with us. What? I love you guys. We love I'm you. I'm sorry you have to put up with me. You. No, uh-huh. stop it. Michelle, you have been such a hallmark of our episodes we've done live events together we did larry houston at your comic book store yeah it was so much fun and we also interviewed him for the podcast where you did a generation x husk cosplay yes oh my gosh that cosplay i wore it to a san diego special edition and it got a lot of love from very random people so I like that. I like it when someone sees me from across the hall and they're like, oh my God, is that a Generation X cosplay? And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> well, it's better than going to a con dressed up as Wonder Man and people being like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, uh, that, that was that was a little... So- well, no, to be fair, you were going, stopping all the Wandas and like TV Wanda and being like, do you know who this is? And- they don't know. They don't know. They don't yeah. know. They um, only watch the the movies and the show. Yeah, right, that was that was like two laptops ago for Paul. So <laughs> um. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm so I literally I was in Vancouver on my way to the business center to print out my script for my event, and someone bumped into me, and I had my Pedialyte because she drank a lot on her flight, and the Pedialyte like drenched my laptop. And everyone was so polite about it. And I was like about to lose my shit. And 
I like literally was just like, eh, I guess this tracks. Like I'm out, I'm on vacation. <laughs> My laptop's going to crash because the laptop previously I was in Palm Springs. And when I came back, it just wasn't working. Like the keyboard was gone. And then it was too hot. It, it overheated. Was, <laughs> and then the one before that was when Flink and I were doing generations of X and like, I think Demanda said it best. What did she say, Flink? The oh my internet God. is tired. I have no idea. That was like a year and a half ago. You expect me. I, I just, all I know is that you are the king of messing up laptops and losing episodes. And you know what? It just means we get to have all the fun again. I, <laughs> yeah. Some may view it as a problem, but you can recontextualize it as just reliving the fun all over again. All this has happened before. And it will happen again. It will happen again. Ooh. Hopefully not to this episode, though. Hopefully not to this yeah. one. <laughs> That's a shout out to Battlestar Galactica, which Michelle and I and Justin, her husband, are starting a Battlestar Galactica podcast, which again, should be further. We uh, lost the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. But that's okay. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Are you doing classic Galactica or the reboot? The reimagined series. Uh, yeah. Ron Moore. We could always go back and do the classic, you know, if people oh, like what we're doing. I've, I've got my, my 70s Commander Adama Funko Pop over there with like the cape and like his like Mormon medallion thing. And <laughs> yeah, that shows a trip. Uh, casual looks. Casual looks. So we also have Flinkman on the podcast today. Hello, hello, hello. This is your first time on Power of X-Men Apocalypse. It is. I've, I've been on the, the non-sub-branded Power of X-Men before, <laughs> but this is my, my first visit to, to the Age of Apocalypse. And I, I, I got to say the weather is better than I expected it to be. Okay, I oh. have so many feels about the weather and these issues. It's so upset. I'm so glad you're on it today because I'm going to obsess about the weather in this issue versus X-Men Alpha and Generation Next. Yeah, Generation X and Astonishing X-Men. Like, the weather is very different. Wait, I actually made, like, a relevant joke to something. <laughs> like, I was just making, like, a lame dad joke, but apparently... Uh, it, it, it's it's germane to the conversation so hey I'll, I'll i'll set you up for that one happy scott, to do it scott's like welcome to my life this bitch obsesses about every single thing yeah paul paul comes in with like detailed notes about the weather and my notes are just like chamber question mark and... <laughs> oh yeah that feels very familiar very familiar from a from a time long since past Folks at home, Flink and I did Generations of X, which is archived as season one on here. And uh, we went through it. We did our podcasting growing pains through that. Let's just hope the Age of Apocalypse goes a little bit better for, for y'all than Ten of Swords. <laughs> Dude, that was like baptism by fire. Talk about the crucible there. That was like covering... The like what sometimes they had like two or three issues a week. Yeah. Yeah. And like covering it for the like podcasting for the first time and covering it and learning like podcasting stuff. And like we were both breathless by the end of those episodes, recapping and discussing and like dissecting all of the other world nonsense. Like it was just it was a lot. It was a lot. We had to catch our breath after that one. 
But Flink, we did actually have you on recently. We did the yeah. top 10 Marvel Legends list. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm always, always, always down to, to talk toys uh, with you guys. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't love the toys if I didn't love the comics. So it's always nice to come full circle back to, to the source material. Okay, well, today we're discussing Generation Next, issue number one. But before we dive into it, we have to talk about the strangeness of it all because Doctor Strange is premiering this week and how's everyone feeling about it? Who wants to go? Well, I guess I'll go first. I go, go, go. I mean, I'm seeing it Thursday evening. Um, so I'm seeing it pretty, pretty early because, you know, I, 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 I've seen enough spoilers. I don't want, um, you know, anything else ruined for me at, at this point. But I would say that my anticipation level is is like peak excitement for, for a Marvel movie, which is really weird because I actually don't give two shits about Doctor Strange himself. I give a shit about all of the things and characters uh, happening around him. So I honestly kind of wish they had just called it Multiverse of Madness and, and let it just sort of be that. But um, I'm really excited to, to see uh, Xavier hover in and uh, see who else he might bring with him. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, I don't feel like this is going to be a Doctor Strange movie. I feel like he's not really the main focus. Like, honestly, like, Wanda is probably going to be more of a focus than Doctor Strange. So it's kind of weird that they didn't really, they didn't have an action figure for her in the Multiverse of Madness line, which I think is a little bit, um, that's kind of messed up. She got I a new know. outfit. I know. And she looks great. I'm sure she'll I come know. in wave two. Yeah, she'll 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 get her sleeves for wave two, I'm sure. Okay. But to that point, Hopefully. but to that point, Michelle, I mean, they've had the character designs. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they throw out Wanda first? I mean, we did get a later WandaVision Wanda revealed by mm-hmm. Hasbro, but like they had that pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to find. Like a lot of people couldn't get her because she was the most popular character in that line. So why not bring her back? Like if she's the best seller. I know. You know, I mean, I've already seen poor America Chavez. Like she's already a peg warmer. (laughs) My local targets are are drowning in her. I feel bad. Yeah. It's so sad. I mean, I'm looking forward to that character so much. Like I pre ordered her, I paid full price. And now I'm just like, this bitch about to go on clearance. Yep. Like, I should have waited. I, I mean, you would waited. probably be waiting a long time. The Eternals are just now going on clearance at, at, no, at Target. $6. So. $6. Oh my God. I'm trying to get a second set. I saw so your I Instagram with that. Yeah, I, $6. I that's when like Legends, that was a time in like the early 2000s with Legends. I know. I miss that price point. Scott, how excited are you for Multiverse of Madness? Um, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, I'm more excited for it than I was for No Way Home. Um, all the Spider-Man people who follow me are going to come for me now. But <laughs> I, I'm I'm like I'm generally more excited for this. It feels like bigger in scope than like No Way Home. And like I I found the recent Marvel movies to be kind of hit or miss, but this one got a good feeling about it. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited. I'm, I, they're revealing a lot in the trailers right now, which makes me think that they have a lot more surprises. Mm-hmm. We know that Doctor Strange did a ton of pickups. Like they basically reshot the entire movie from November to February. 
I think was the, was what they, what they said. So I'm hoping that they were able to get in a lot more cameos. I think it would be a travesty if we don't get Ryan Reynolds Deadpool. I think he's hinted at that on Instagram already that he has news for Deadpool three, but he can't announce it just yet, but very soon. Um, I know he's extremely contentious, but Rob Liefeld was talking about how Dr. Strange needs to perform really, really well, like even better than Spider-Man because Sony basically blew it out of the water with Spider-Man. So if Dr. Strange doesn't deliver, it's going to be like an embarrassment. So I really have faith that Kevin Feige got like Famke, Hugh Jackman, fucking John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, everyone to come in for this movie. We'll see. If we get we'll Black see. Bolt, I'm going to be so excited. Yeah. I, I want like like comic accurate Black Bolt with like yes. the tuning fork and the showgirl yes. wings. Just Yeah. You know, throw Lockjaw in there too. Yeah. Why not? No, thank you. <laughs> wow. I'm with Flink. I'm sorry. Inhumans. Oh. Mm. Unless it's crystal. Unless it's crystal, crystal, fine with Pietro. <laughs> I need that flaming dumpster fire of a relationship in the MCU ASAP. So crystal is fine. <laughs> Maybe they can make it work in the MCU. Maybe they'll be like, yeah. "Listen, the source material is really rocky. Let's give these two a healthy relationship." No, give them like a real housewives relationship. <laughs> like, yeah. make them a hot ass mess. Yeah, or I, let's I, get I a, like a love triangle. Maybe we can get some Johnny Storm with the Quicksilver, and then there could be like this mini love triangle. Now, is it oh, a no. Chris Evans Johnny Storm? Because I'd be involved in that love triangle. Oh, I mean, I would take him or Michael B. Jordan, like either one. Like, oh yeah, Michael B. Jordan. I yeah, honestly like was... forgot that that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. we've all forgot it. I think yeah. collectively well, as stands, we've forgotten. They wanted about us that. to forget. That's how we can bring Michael B. Jordan back to the MCU because, you know, as Killmonger, he may have gotten killed off. It's like, okay, well, some, since we got this multiverse, let's bring him back as Johnny Storm. Why not? <laughs> let's do Open it. Open to it. Now that you, now yeah. that I remember it's a thing, it can be a thing. My <laughs> only request is I want Holly Berry to return as Storm, but full on 90s Storm with the shoulder pad, the long hair. Scott's like, no, no. no. I Listen, I've had such negative feels about her interpretation of Storm for such a long time. Like I just, when I was in the theater watching it in Times Square, the audience cheered when Storm died. And Brian Singer oh. was in that theater. And I was like, oh my God, like, is he noticing how much everyone hates her? And now I'm like, you know what? Give her a chance to really do it. And like, give her the full blown. No, no. They're going to bring her back with that party city wig. And <laughs> it's just going to be like another. No, just no. Get, get somebody else. Like I don't let, think let... Marvel would do that to her. I think if Marvel was going to go through the trouble of bringing in Halle Berry Storm, they would give her a nice wig. I don't they know. They would. They've learned from their mistakes. They're like, look, we have a budget now. Okay. <laughs> We're <laughs> doing blockbusters. I mean, just check the evolution of ScarJo's wigs, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's true. Well, Michelle, do you remember when we were on Wayne the Unknown with Demanda? Demand, we were talking about X-Men 1, and 75% of that discussion is Holly Berry's wig. 
because apparently the folks on X-Men one who did the hair were people who traditionally do men's hair. So that's why her wig looked terrible. And Holly Berry just didn't have the star power that Holly Berry you know, would eventually have. So Demando yeah. went on a 40 minute <laughs> soliloquy on Holly Berry's wig and the behind the scenes drama with it. To which we concluded. She has a PowerPoint. She has a PowerPoint. <laughs> and she was dressed she as one of the cuckoos. <laughs> and she was hangry too. She hadn't eaten all day. So Demando went in on it. It was incredible. As and usual. And shout out to Demanda, who is doing our Age of Apocalypse reads, and you will have yes. one at the end of this episode. Ooh, who's the it going to be? The one she did for Bishop. Scott, when I <laughs> sent it to you, I almost died. Like she, She's going to ask for more of that Demanda money if we, <laughs> if we keep this up. So. I got so many DMs about it, because in it, I don't want to recap her brilliance, but she said something. So which is it, Bishop? Are we here to kill babies or protect them? <laughs> These are facts. He's got he's to gotta like make a choice here. He can't be like switching sides. Well, that's what Bishop is famous for. <laughs> like, oh. I've seen the future. I mean, like, the, the entire history with Bishop is so convoluted. He came back for, like, the X Trader, then he came back for Hope. I mean, it's a revisionist history, but we're here He's for it. He's always trying to murder someone to God. fix the timeline that we shouldn't be messing with. And, like, here he wants to, like, murder everyone just to reset reality. Yeah. But thankfully, like, he's calmed down and is just, like, wearing a snazzy red outfit on Krakoa now. Oh my yeah. god, he looks that's, like that's true. Right that's true. He does. He looks look so good. Now. I love it. All right, folks, we're here to discuss Generation Next, issue one, from the top by Scott Labdell and Chris Pachalo. How do, how do we say his name finally? I think I you said to, it right. Did I say it right? Yeah. I always say Pachalo in I think my it's head. Pachalo. Pachalo. I think I say Bacalo, and I'm pretty sure that's not accurate. <laughs> I know that no. that is wrong because I <laughs> someone corrected me to that, and then when I saw him on a panel at a con it was more similar to what i had been saying and that person was sitting right next to me who had been mispronouncing it and i got to have like a i fucking told you so moment i don't remember how it's actually pronounced i just remember that i was closer to being right and that person was me next to flame <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no it was not it, it wasn't was but it would have been it great was if it was <laughs> But uh, funny, funny enough, I've been messaging Chris on Instagram trying to get him on the show. And then I leveraged you, Michelle, because I know he's retweeted you. And I was like, listen, one of our co-hosts is a really big fan. Her birthday's coming up. Wouldn't it be amazing if you came on and surprised her? We just need 25 minutes of your time, which is a lie. I say 25 minutes, but three hours later. But it's really an hour. Ask Ryan Ting about our 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't read it yet. <laughs> I was just like, what? No, oh. he hasn't. I, I messaged him like two years ago, but back when Flink and I were doing Generations of X, and he just said he wasn't in the mood to do um, podcasts because his account had just gotten hacked and he needed a new <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> To which I was like, man, like, wow, you're going to get your account back. That really sucks. I know. Poor guy. He's on Twitter, though. Have you tried hitting him up through Twitter? No. I, I Listen, I don't understand Twitter. I'm, like, so confused by Twitter. I don't either. I don't get it. But he retweeted me, so I was like, well, I guess this is cool. 
Yeah, no, that is really cool. And you can reach out to him and be like, I'm gonna reach birthday. I'm gonna tag him and be like, Chris, will you please be on the, the podcast with us? I love you so much. He's my favorite. Like literally he's, he's my, my all time favorite. So oh. you know, I'm just putting manifesting those special guest Flinkman vibes yes. for, for that one. Yes. Well, Flink and Michelle, I know you guys are big generation X stands. And oh, obviously yeah. the biggest. he's the biggest. His, his mark is all over that. What yeah. did you guys think of the lead up to Generation Next, those issues for of Generation X? Well, I was like in fourth or fifth grade when this came out and I had just started reading Generation X and I was very confused as to why my favorite comic book series at the time no longer existed. I was like WTF. Um, I didn't know that Generation Next was the Age of Apocalypse version of Generation X, but I was very into the Age of Apocalypse storyline with the X-Men. So I was just following Astonishing and Amazing, and I thought my favorite series had gotten canceled, so I was pretty bummed out about that. (laughs) I didn't understand. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it was kind of similar for me. I obviously, you know was an established X-Men fan at the time Generation X came out. And it was, you know, the new X book um, when I was, you know, just getting into X-Men. So I was fully aware of it, fully aware of its characters, you know, read those first uh, three or four, I think it was four issues before, you know, they crystallized at uh, at the end and it it went all Age of Apocalypse. So, you know, I was um, aware of the larger Age of Apocalypse event, um, and I had read those first four issues of Generation X, but I actually never read Generation Next uh, at the time as a kid. I didn't read Generation Next until many years uh, later uh, as an adult, as I was, you know, kind of filling in the the holes of my readership um, in, in the 90s. And I'm, I'm a huge Generation X fan. I don't think uh, anyone who's ever heard me speak on the subject of X-Men would be surprised to, to know that I uh, love it. I was obsessed with it. I think, um, you know, Chris Pachalo, especially his art was a huge, huge appeal of, of the early issues of Generation X. And so it was really cool um, later to, to go back and, you know, we're, we're, we'll get into it, but to go back and, and, you know, see his, him and Scott Labdell's work on Generation Next and how it really, it was quite different than just what they had done together straight before it. So, um, yeah, huge, huge fan and uh, was really excited to, to finally read the Age of Apocalypse version of, of Gen X. Yeah, you know what I really appreciate that they did with generation X and you see it carry through with generation X as we'll discuss in this first issue, they knew the story they wanted to tell was very planned out. And even in this first issue, there are seeds planted for what would be happening in the six one six reality. I mean, obviously a lot of those plots we're looking at, you know, it all would not come into fruition, right. but the thought yeah. process was there. And I, you know, a- anyone who's heard me speak about the X-Men, I love it when they're planned out, when things are planted, way ahead of time and we can get that payoff i hate last minute additions to stories or rewrites <clears throat> hope summer's not being generated. i knew it if you weren't <laughs> gonna say it i was going to <laughs> i'm sorry cyclops holds the baby he realizes who the baby really is and why cable has to go and the fucking locket opens up to a photo of scott and gene i'm sorry 
it was there. So you're saying the baby's Madeline Pryor? <laughs> oh my God. So Michelle, I am so sorry. I love you so much, but I wanted to exploit our friendship because if you were going to the Doctor Strange premiere, I was going to ask you, was Sophie Turner in it? And if she was Madeline Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. See, now no. I'm so sad that I'm not going to be able to know these things until the movie comes out for everybody. No, no one has suffered from COVID more than Paul, just as a result. <laughs> I just like, let me tell you something. You getting COVID is the most selfish thing you could have ever done. And you're going to have to even wait well past this week to see it. God. I know. I, I can't even get tickets probably for opening day because, well, I probably still have to quarantine and then they're probably sold out, to be honest. So, tragic. Um, yeah, Scott, it's very tragic. What are your feels on Generation X and the lead up to next? I was in kindergarten when this, this came out, so I was not actively uh, reading at the time. Uh, I mean, I I could read. I think. <laughs> you can look at the pictures. Hey, it's yeah, for Apple. Hey, it's for Apple. Yeah. Um, How Cassandra B, Nova? B is for Beast. Ugh. But yeah, I I um, I I really like Gen X. Like, it's interesting when you get like you know compared to like the New Mutants, for example, which is like very defining for like younger fans in the eighties. Um, this to me is like the quintessential like one of the quintessential like nineties X-Men series. It's got like the vibe. It's got, you know, chamber with like the grunge kind of look. Um, and kids, if you're, you're young, uh, grunge was a style of music in the nineties that was really popular uh, in Seattle. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I love Gen X just to see the characters in, like a slightly different um, setting. I'm a huge chamber fan and like, to see Jono with like, you know, out the, the fire exploding out of his chest and face uh, is a nice change of pace. I gotta say. He was a lot happier. I feel like this version of him, he wasn't as like emo as he was yeah. in the regular series because he could still be somewhat normal. Like he had a face. Yeah. Like, he could He's... still like make out with Paige. Well, was, and like a, a huge part of, of the character uh, of Chamber is the trauma that came along with him developing his mutant powers. I mean, he not only blew off the lower part of his face and most of his chest, but he severely injured, you know, the woman he loved in, in the process. So freeing the character from, from that baggage is, is yeah, he's going to be lighter just straight off the bat and getting him to actually, getting to see him actually you know, interact with, with Paige and, and not hold himself back from that is a nice change. Yeah, yeah he's, like he's one of the yeah. few characters in the Age of Apocalypse who's actually better off yeah. in mm -hmm. the horrible post-apocalyptic wasteland than he is in the 616, which is yeah. both yeah. interesting and sad. It's very sad for Chamber. He's such a, he's had such a run, that poor guy. Like for somebody who has barely appeared in X-Men comics in the last... 20 years he has a, a fairly sad and complicated history <laughs> yeah well can he not be resurrected like and have a face like has anyone i don't know if anyone's explored that for him but i, I, mean, I think i think it would just blow off again probably which was but what i wonder what happened in this 
the age of apocalypse where it didn't like the conditions were different and it was just his chest versus the regular continuity where it was more than that. Like, I wonder, like, was he under more pressure when his, um, when his powers developed? Like maybe, cause you know, usually it happens when somebody's going through puberty and he had a girlfriend. So maybe they were like, you know, getting heavily intimate or something. And then he just he literally just exploded. And I don't know, maybe in Age of Apocalypse, that didn't really happen like that. Like maybe it was, um, there wasn't as many feels going on. And... Suddenly you describing like Chambers powers emerging in that way <laughs> makes me like, oh my God, him and Rogue would be like the perfect yeah. little little yeah. couple there with their their shared trauma. Well, of, and the, yeah. of puberty. the euphemism of his powers yeah. being sexual energy now. <laughs> 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 sexual psionic energy emanating yeah. from my chest, baby. So Oof. for folks at home, Generation Next kicks off with Juno slash Chamber in Colorado training with Know-It-All. And the first thing we notice as readers is that he doesn't have that gaping hole in his chest because his powers manifested differently. And he's able to contain it in his chest and like shoot out energy from there. And I think that's what largely this entire issue is. Like 75% of this issue are the Generation Next team training in Colorado with Colossus and Shadowcat. And it's a very brutal training. It kicks off with Chamber and then Husk comes in, which Husk in this issue is such a badass. I love Husk in this. I think like her power manifestations are are great where she like turns in her arms into weapons and turns herself into acid where she's like much more defensive and like much more of, of, of a power player. And I really wish we would have developed her further down that path in, in the 616 for sure. Well, yeah. she's known as an omnimorph here. And I, sure, I don't really know the genesis of this term. I don't know if it's still being used, but I guess she can turn into whatever she wants. Acid, you know, she, she formed her fist into like a, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm talking about sexual energy. <laughs> Some sort of dagger type. Some kind of dagger. Thank yeah. you. I'm like, I don't know what is it. Someone say something here. <laughs> While I'm fisting the air. <laughs> SeanCody.com sponsored this episode. <laughs> yes. As, as always, thank you, Sean Cody. Uh... Yes, guys, Sean Cody sponsors our podcast. But by the way, and when I lost my laptop yesterday, Scott's like, wow, those 10-year-old SeanCody.com videos are <laughs> Your Your rider strong hair and whatever. <laughs> um, this, and then like, like Mondo pops up as not too different from 616 Mondo. Has he been introduced in the comics at this point? I can't remember in the first four issues of, had he arrived? If we did, it would have just been like the random appearance of him, like chilling on his home island. <gasps> uh, on, yeah, with it wouldn't. Delia. He wouldn't have had any sort of yeah anything happening yet. Michelle, you said it. He's with Cordelia Frost, not Chase. Cordelia Frost. That's where he's appearing. I'm, I'm pulling out my Generation X. Here. Yeah. What, what issue was that? Hang on. Yeah, I think it's in like the first couple issues. We get like an interlude. Where yeah. he's with Cordelia. On- it's like a post-comic scene. 
Hang on. But like is he hanging out on an island? Am I like totally yeah, he's misremembering? On a, he's on a beach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's from. He's from Samoa. Samoa. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but like partying with a frost sister, like I'm totally jealous. Even if it is Cordelia. <laughs> so I don't. Maybe I, again, my Gen X history is 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 fuzzy right now. It's been several years, so I really need to to jump back into that. But I I don't remember Mondo looking like looking like this except on like the 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 old toy biz action figure i remember him being all big and hulky and rocky like that he did but he did look like that in the 616 i guess eventually i just don't was it when he was with black tom cassidy i'm trying to recall sorry guys i'm my mondo memory is not great right now i think all the gen x kids in the age of apocalypse era all of their powers are definitely more refined. For like sure. They are yeah. like, like that's why I think Mondo, like he knows he's part of the literal landscape because his, he's developed his powers a lot better than his um, counterpoint or counterpart. Um, just like Paige, like she can actually choose what she wants to morph into versus it being completely random. Right. And then, and then even Chamber, like he's got, he can control his blast through one like small portal in his chest versus having it come through like his chest and his neck and mouth area. So I just, kids have right. just been trained a little bit better. And do we think that Chamber has some sort of tech, technology aiding him? Like he appears to have something it on his chest that helps him direct his blast. So kind of like circling back to what we were saying earlier, could Chamber not be resurrected on Krakoa and Forge or someone create some sort of device like he's potentially wearing here to, to channel that yeah. power? I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I want that to happen. I think the tortured vibe, grunge vibe of the character is his appeal. So I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying I want to get rid of that. I like, but just in theory, it'd be kind of interesting to think of in this environment where mutants can sort of be resurrected with whatever body mods or like perfect version of themselves they want to be why wouldn't chamber you know is it an emo thing is he is he want to carry his pain and trauma around with him because he's comfortable with it now i don't know but it's kind of a cool story idea that i think is just kind of just sitting on the shelf for a good writer to to play with yeah. but if you yeah, remember after m day he was depowered so he had that big hole in his chest and then the apocalypse clan the blood came. of apocalypse yeah and yeah. then he was able to like get like fully formed again without the hole in his chest and then it was during age of x the mike carry age of x when reality went back rachel looks at him and goes juno you and i are the two pieces of the puzzle that have yet to be solved because he was back in his normal chamber look. And I don't think they've followed up since no. then. That's no. it. I mean, that, that that's the last time Chamber had like a really good like spotlight. People were like, ooh. And it makes sense that Mike Carey would have wanted Chamber and to tell a Chamber story. But yeah. All right, yeah. Mike Carey, because we miss him. But I agree with you. I don't know why in an age of resurrection, you can't have like Chamber come up and like have his powers fixed. I mean, fuck you, Hank McCoy, for not doing your job and trying to solve something. Well, he's too busy I mean, being shady in his lab. Yeah, yeah he's the, got different priorities right now. Ch Chamber, Chamber does. I forget when it is. He does teach at the academy um, 
a class on like how to deal with like physical changes from your mutation and you know some of it just might be some mutants don't want to change who they are like the you know not viewing it as like a disability just viewing it as part of like who they they are so i think that's also a possibility yeah, and we've talked about that before. Flink and I talked about it before on Generations Generations of X, where it's you you have characters like Karma who are very happy with their body. It's not viewed as a disability and want to be resurrected as their bodies were beforehand. The WizKid being emblematic of that. And I think it's absolutely beautiful and wonderful. Yeah, and I mean, Chamber, like we like we said, he's been back and forth so like maybe he's just said fuck it i've had enough like i'm i'm just comfortable <laughs> in my own skin you know although me and michelle are probably like zaddy with your psionic chest come to us i know i know i'm oh. like here for it zaddy he just needs with a the- hug <laughs> like, poor- i just want to hug it. i feel like having that big gaping hole in his chest is like just he's just looking for love you he know? just wants you to fill it he's, with love. Yeah, he's very like woe is me, like tragic, like emo kid. And I'm, I mean, does he, maybe he likes being like that? I don't know. I just want to see him happy. Michelle, I love how you've read into him so much. The symbolism with his <laughs> I'm power, invested. sexual I'm invested. energy, broken heart. <laughs> oh, I love him and Paige too. Like that is just. One of my favorite romances in all of Marvel history. Like they're just so cute. And like he oh he always viewed himself as this monster. It's very like Beauty and the Beast, I feel. And he's like, no, nah, girl, like you don't, you don't want me. You don't want this. And she's like, but I do. Like, I do want it. Like, I don't see what you see. And like we can make this work. And when she gets all drunk and she starts telling him all these feels, I'm just like, yes, girl, tell him. Girl. Oh my God. Drunk on the pool table page. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Page. I was like, yeah. oh my God. I'm like, are they gonna do something? Like, and then she tries to kiss him and he's like, no. And then he blows up the kitchen or something. Yeah, that is like my favorite yeah. issue of Generation X. Oh. I got that, I think that was like five or six. I mean, that was like one of the very first yes. ones back from from AOA. And I remember. I got that issue when I was away at summer camp and I probably read it like 35 times over that two weeks. And I just like their sexual teenage sexual chemistry yes. is so relatable to me at like yes, 13 years old. It's like, Oh my God, they're so cute. Oh, so I'm totally, I'm with you. Well, and, and even it. in this issue of generation next, they, they kiss yeah. right here, right before yeah. Mondo attacks. She's like kiss first. Like, and Michelle, I like what you were saying, and I didn't put it together till now. When we're in Generation X, they're still learning about their powers. They're coming to this academy because they're very they're, they're off the heels of the Phalanx Covenant. They don't know what's what with their powers. Here, they've been through the ringer. And you have a mentor like Colossus, who has this very rigid, like, no, you don't understand. It's kill or be killed here. And you guys need to train really hard. So they have a good mastery. All of them, Mondo, Page, Chamber, all have a really good mastery of their power sets here. And I think that has led themselves to be a bit more confident. And looking at this through the looking glass, Page and Chamber are able to bypass any of that melodrama and just be like, hey, 
what's up and give each other a little kiss like it's a really cute scene here oh i love it you also have to consider that these teenagers are growing up at the end of the world essentially so like if it's now or never for for them if they're going to make something you know they're gonna die tomorrow so if if they're gonna be together they got to be together in the moment and i feel like that just that alone regardless of of the implications of powers or, or 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 not would would motivate you to maybe be a little bit more more fearless in that situation mm-hmm. what did you guys think of colossus in this issue such a dick i was gonna <laughs> say those are my exact words i was like what an asshole like he was pretty jerky in the 616 reality too at this point right because we had just lost iliana and he was with the acolytes so he was yeah, but i don't know that i would say that he was a jerk he was just heartbroken and confused yeah. and the x-men is- weren't giving him you know they were just kind of feeding him comforting lines and not actually being there for him because even when he was on asteroid m or avalon or whatever they were calling it at that point um you know he was still not really with the acolytes and he was still very sweet and looking after neophyte you know the teenager that the rest of the acolytes kind of abused so i still think there's a was a pretty there was a pretty big distinction between 616 colossus and and this call at least at least for me at least for me i never thought of his betrayal as anything other than him just acting out of heartbreak yeah this um I, I also I don't think of Colossus generally as a very violent character, despite no. his, you know, incredible physical strength. But this is this is an angry, very violent um, Colossus who has no room for like weakness or pity or, um, you know, they say like this is not a happy person. Yeah. And there just there isn't like the fundamental like core of goodness that's always there with Colossus. Um even the gentle among... artist is missing. Yeah. Oh my God. I was about to ask, do we think he has a sketchbook in the Age of Apocalypse? <laughs> no. no sketchbook and no farm, no, no farming for, for AOA Apocalypse. Yeah. It's like sketching I think all those like... were his therapeutic mediums, you know. He had those things to help him like deal with all this like anger. And in this universe, he doesn't have those outlets. So he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna beat up these kids. Like <laughs> There's no, there's no <laughs> arts budget in the age of Apocalypse. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think he's also like kind of going through some kind of like power trip. Like it feels like he couldn't control things that happened in his past. You know, like he lost his, he lost his sister. He lost his brother. Well, his brother just is evil, right? Because he's controlling. He's with Apocalypse, basically. So one of the horsemen. Think, yeah. Yeah. He's not just with Apocalypse. He is responsible for a quarter of the destruction of America. Yes. (laughs) That sounds like a good brother right there. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Ryan. Well, and and keep in mind a a little bit as well, like Apocalypse in 616 has never been a leader. And potentially there's a reason for that because we see him in a a leadership. And I didn't didn't consider this until you, you said it. You know, he's, you know drunk on power like maybe there's a reason that we don't see apocalypse and leadership roles in the 616 he's just not cut out for it yeah yeah no it's it's a really interesting landscape that these characters find themselves in and i think at the time it was really supposed to flip our perspectives on on relationships because even here we have kitty and colossus here and during that program 
our program during that training session when know-it-all calls time and Colossus is like, no, if you hurt shadow cat, I'm going to hurt all of you. And that was like a really intense, I can't picture 616 Colossus really doing that for Kitty at least. I also think um, the art, like he is physically bigger than 616 Colossus. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And that's why he's a bat Mm -hmm. for the Age of Apocalypse wave. Yeah. There there is a real sort of like hulking, like brutality with him that you associate more in 616 with like, at least in this era, like Juggernaut or the Hulk when he's out of control instead of like, you know, Mm -hmm. Peter, who's a little not an ass, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I don't, again, for the 500th time, it's been a while since I've, since I've read these issues, but I also don't recall ever seeing him out of his metal form in the Age of Apocalypse. So, like, this is true. potentially true. there's, like, uh, uh, he's shut off his emotions, perhaps. He's this cold metal, you know, emotionally and physically in the Age of yeah. Apocalypse, and that's maybe why he never, you know, turns it off. I could be misremembering, mm-hmm. but... No, I don't remember him not being in human form i can't speak to like x-men chronicles yeah, or yeah. like the 10th anniversary no sé qué. yeah but i think here we do get him without his mask and he's supposed to have facial scarring and we were talking about this in our last episode of x-men alpha there's an ash can for the age of apocalypse and they do describe colossus's outfit and the reason why he wears certain pieces of armor is to protect his more vulnerable parts of the skin that have been damaged i don't know how they've been damaged you know one of the notes and we'll talk about it when we get to astonishing x-men i wish we got a little bit more backstory on this on this world on some of these more juicier bits because i'd be curious to see what happened with colossus and and how he got that kind of scarring and and how he was told that Ileana was dead. I'm not saying it's not said later on, but it, it, it is one of those things that is later. I think in Chronicles or the later Age of Apocalypse, it is uh, Mikhail who gives him all the the scarring when he turns and joins oh, Apocalypse and yes. beats the crap out of Colossus. Yes. So that's part of it. Yeah, oh, so it's yes. personal. Oh, it's personal. <laughs> But the training session is then interrupted because Magneto arrives and he wants to talk to Colossus and Kitty. Is she Kitty or Kate in this? I think she's Kate, right? Um, I don't recall. I don't know. He calls her what? Kiata? Kiata? What does he say? He doesn't uh, call her Katya. Kitty. Katya. 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 Let's see. Yeah. Shadowcat Age of Apocalypse. Wiki. <laughs> I'm forgetting. She's Catherine. She's Catherine here. She's Catherine. She's not called Kitty. So Catherine. And apparently, you know, he's talking about encountering Bishop and how this reality isn't what it's supposed to be. And they need to get mutants who are able to control time. However, they were killed by Apocalypse to prevent time travel and redoing history. So Magneto's like, but the loophole here is mutants with powers who have yet to manifest. And among them is Ileana. And Pietro's like, oh my God, I was told she was dead. And actually she is in a concentration camp in Seattle. Seattle with 0.00% chance of being rescued. And that's where our issue ends. So it's a pretty straightforward issue, which is, a really training, a quick training session where we meet the team. Magneto comes up 
And then they decide to go rescue Ileana. But what did you guys think of that ending? Uh, she, she isn't, she's in Portland. Uh, yeah. Oh, she's in no. Portland. Good. Yeah. Okay. Pacific I'll, Northwest. I'll, I'll, We're in yeah. the right territory. at least. <laughs> Somewhere there. Yeah. This, this issue was pretty, pretty straightforward. It's, you know, sets up the next issue pretty, pretty clearly. So what I'm really interested here are, are two things. One, know it all. Again, I know we touched upon it, you know, earlier, but originally M was going to be a facade that the St. Croix twins had created. And the fact that know it all is called Claudia was supposed to be our first hint because of Claudette. Yeah, that was originally that that's one of the twins there. I'm going to let the Generation X experts <laughs> talk because I'm still confused by the whole thing. Like you said, know it all is is a wink towards what Lubdell was planning for Monet's origin, um, which was that there really wasn't a Monet. It was the two younger twin girls that merged into the one perfect Monet body and, and, and personality, which, yes, is why she is she's called Claudia here. Um, Lovedell, of course, he had nothing to do with the actual story once it, it, it played out, but one of those two twin girls names, uh, was, was Claudette. So definitely, uh, you know, a, a wink to that here. Um, and I really think that all, what, what we see here is just kind of various disparate threads uh, of a tale that, that he never got to, to tell as, as intended. Um, and I think a lot of fans, would have liked to maybe seen it play out like that. I, I don't know. It's hard for me because I'm such a fan of Monet and, and Penance as, as they exist um, now that it's hard for me to, to, you know, want to, to take those away and, and have it be this entirely separate thing, but it's such an intriguing idea and the way that he seeds it here I wish that there was, you know, like a Generation X hidden years story that 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 where we could get or an X-Men Forever arc um, set out of continuity where we could sort of get that original story. I think it would be really interesting. Um, but, you know, I, I don't I don't know that I would sacrifice Monet as she exists now for it. I can't remember which one of the twins, because one was believed to be more like autistic or like not really like always present, like she was off in her own world i think was it yvette or yvette yes maybe, with, with yes twins? I, I don't remember who was who but it was claudette and yeah was it claudette and nicole or oh maybe i, I, I can't remember the other twin nicole. it was nicole? <laughs> i think it was i nicole. think yvette is the monet's middle name oh okay am i crazy okay. y'all i don't know no i no, love it was, that her middle name is yvette <laughs> uh, i trying to remember like the original storyline for Monet and the twins and Penance, I thought that Monet was always Monet, but her brother transformed her into Penance somehow so that he could feed off of her. And then the twins were like, Oh, well that's daddy's favorite. Like, you know, he'll be so heartbroken if she's, if she's not around. So they merged together to become their sister or like be a placeholder for their sister. And then there was an issue later on where they decide to swap places with Monet. So they're like, we'll take the penance body and you can have like your own body back. And then 
like then there was some weird like story where penance the shell was its own personality yeah and i was like that's so weird i liked the idea of just monet being penance like it's just a different kind of like evolution for her like a form that she can take but for some reason she was permanently like encapsulated in that form because of her brother and her brother so that like, I, I that tidbit about penance i believe that was never part of the original plan penance okay yeah, penance was i believe penance was supposed to be like a, just a random mute mutant from yugoslavia named yvette that's where the yvette comes into play oh okay okay um, uh, that <laughs> because i i of course. the original plan penance had originally had nothing was what I don't believe was going to have anything to do with Monet or the, the St. Croix twins or any, anything like that. I believe okay. it's been a while since we spoke to, oh, oh, I guess we don't acknowledge that because we never published it. <laughs> <laughs> we can acknowledge. Yeah. We spoke to Scott Lobdell like a year and a half ago. I've toyed with putting that episode out. I've said, we're going to put that episode out. Then I said, we're not. So, you know, folks at home, DM us all and let us know if you want to see the interview with Scott Lobdell. Scott's I like, want to no. see it. I want to see it only because I just want the Generation X T. Like yeah. that's there is that's some good Gen X T. We and thought he does about verify it. a lot of this. We yeah. we thought about it as like we're not going to promote this episode. We are donating to charity. Here it is. You know, we we interviewed at a time we weren't. You know, the allegations weren't really at the forefront. So. You know, folks at home, you can always let us know. Scott's like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 a touchy thing. Like, I'm I'm a big DC fan, and he is very heavily responsible for like all the stuff with the Red Hood over the past god, like 15 years. Who's my favorite it, DC character, by the way? So that complicates it further for it, me. It, it it makes it makes it like very complicated with just like discussing his work um, yeah but you know in generation x we've seen monet kind of go off and go into a catatonic state so there was something brewing with her and know-it-all is supposed to be another hint at the large at this time a, l- a larger hint at, at at what's to come i like the idea that catherine was really upset about her going into the archives of apocalypse because they were worried Shadow King will pick up on that psionic energy and they would come and lobotomize her. And that would be the least of their problems is her getting lobotomized. So I really like that logical step here. And I, and I think this so far, I really enjoyed this issue because I thought it was pretty smart. They gave us like an intro to the team dynamics. There's a lot of subtext there, as you pointed out, Michelle, with them coming into fruition with their powers and and then Magneto coming in being like, hey, this is what's going on. And for readers at the time, Ileana had just died. So the fact that we know Colossus had endured this trauma, this heartbreak in this reality, she's actually alive. And you know he's going to risk everything for her because I think another hallmark of X-Men relationships are that brother-sister dynamic between Ileana and Pietro. So mm-hmm. I thought that was absolutely beautiful. I mean, I think it raised the stakes so fucking high there. And it broke my heart that at the end, like chance of being rescued was 0.000%. I mean, that shows you like what a dire situation she's in and that this is a kamikaze mission, as is everything in the edge of apocalypse right now. 
Yeah, and it ain't gonna stop anybody. They're gonna do what yeah. they have to do. And that's what I love about this version of of the X-Men is they're kind of the X-Men unchained a little bit. You know, they're always the X-Men have always been sort of tied down by uh, you know, Xavier's moral code and like the mission statement of the team. And in the age of apocalypse, it's like, bitch, we've got these powers. We're going to do whatever it takes to accomplish. And if we, we all die trying, you know, at least we made the, the effort. And I don't think that that's necessarily the smartest, most, you know, superhero-y way to, to operate your team, but as an alternate universe story um, and checking in on these different versions of the characters, I think it makes total sense and is super interesting. Okay, but can we talk about the daddy energy that Magneto has when he comes in, <laughs> everyone stops for yes. him. And then yeah. he's here like, yeah. know it all, pull up these files on mutants that can, you know, manipulate time. And he sits down and he manspreads and he's here like, tell me everyone. And then he does manspread. He manspreads, but it's okay. It's daddy Magneto and he has a throne. So yeah, right there. (laughs) But we have a non-designated mutant uh, who's deceased. We have Gallo who's also deceased, which means rooster in Spanish. And then we do get flashback who is actually a character in the 616 i think yeah. he's in omega flight is he scott yeah that, I, that, I mean it's scraping the bottom of the barrel but that's <laughs> he, he is a he is a 616 character i'm surprised we didn't get like a, a couple more references to other mutants who can you know manipulate time i was waiting for some yeah. of there but it's yeah. fine i mean who else could do i mean madame sanctity was she sanctity was she was she born at this point? I'm trying to remember her history. She was like born and then she went into the future. Whatever. It's fine. They're, they're limited mutants <laughs> with time traveling abilities. So I thought the issue ended on like a really big high note. We spent a lot of the issues sort of setting up the world and, and the characters. But once Magneto showed up and really set things into motion, you know, yeah. it was very became very clear where this this book was was going to go. And I I kind of it, for for me, I thought the training scenes kind of went on a little bit too long. I thought we could have gotten to the meat and potatoes of the story a little bit quicker than we did. Um, but, you know, like you said, it ended well. It's positioned well. We know where we're going next and like what the objective is going to be without them even really. You know, it's not like Magneto gave them their their marching orders at the end of this, we just see, oh shit, this is Colossus's sister. He thought she was dead. There's no chance of, of them surviving this, but you know, we know that they're going to go anyway. And it, what I really liked about this issue as compared to some of the other issues we've read, this isn't Magneto just talking about his love for Charles Xavier, which is something that comes up in Astonishing X-Men a lot. And it came up <laughs> in X-Men Alpha and it was all of Legion Quest. Like Magneto has a boner for Xavier. And I'm like, we get it. Like this relationship is like really intense. Like if I'm reading the X-Books at the time, I would have been like, I get it. It's certainly anthologized, hitting you over the head with it. I like that he's just coming in and giving orders and that's it. You know what I mean? But two things I have left in my notes is one, Vincent is a character, obviously in Generation X. He will come in issue 12. I've read the first 20 issues of Generation X. I don't really remember him. Yeah, I don't. I, I, only, I, don't remember, remember I, I only remember him from this. Yeah, yeah, same. And he's like an M plate, like, baddie. So good for him. Yeah. And then in Colorado, their base is called The Tomb. 
And I was like, okay, are there castles in Colorado? So I Googled Colorado castles. Surprisingly, there's a lot of them. And I think this one's based off of Bishop's Castle, which oh. would be really interesting. Yeah. What an appropriate name. Exactly. <laughs> but overall, I really like this issue. I thought it was a great issue. I thought it mirrored the Generation X number one issue very well like very similarly because we are getting reintroduced to the generation x kids in generation next in a danger room situation just like in the opening of generation x number one that's how we meet the team as well because i think it's um sink and skin who are in the danger room and emma frost is like overseeing it i think yeah and so we got it just was very familiar to me in that way like all we need yeah. is like one of them to come in with like bear claw slippers. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I nominate Colossus. Like after he's done with training, he's like, yeah, sorry, I was a jerk. And his like bear claw slippers. Yeah. I had to put on my teacher hat. Yeah, I don't think this Colossus is coming in and his bear claw slippers. But I I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed, like I said, the portrayals of Chamber and uh Peter Colossus. It's it's a it's two interesting takes on the characters that are very different from their six one six counterparts. Um, I do remember now Colossus can this Colossus cannot change back into his organic form because his injuries are too bad. Yeah. So if he changes back, uh, because Mikhail apparently just beat the crap out of him, so he can't transform back. Well, that explains uh, it. Yo, and so that's so die. rude that Husk then turns into like acid and like gets the back of his neck, like girl. Yeah. But I, I guess mean, I mean she's following. I thought it was the savage move. It was pretty savage of her. Like, and he you wanted. Know, they're it, not though. holding back. He did. He like. Yeah. You know what? Daddy likes it rough. <laughs> okay. But he was here, like he was here, like it's kill or be killed in this training session. Session exactly. Paige is exactly. like, I fucking get it. Don't worry. Like boom. Yeah, right she's there. like, look, you want to die? I'll kill you. I'll take I'll you out. Yeah. All right, guys, that is Generation Next issue one. Flink, where can the folks at home find you? You can find me on Instagram. I am at Flinkman, where I'm posting all kinds of nerdy things and pet pics and all the good stuff. Sharing memes. Come check it out. Michelle. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Michelle Waffalo. Uh, also, Adventures in Geekdom is a co-account with my husband where we share our toy hunting adventures, our Comic-Con finds, and just, you know, our way to like get in touch with fellow like collectors in the community. You could find me at Mr. Scott free on Instagram and far too often on Twitter, which is a great and terrible app. And I love your Twitter game. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a problem. And you also find me here every week. And you can hit me up on power of X-Men and depending on the day, I could be on Twitter, mostly Instagram and that's it. Folks, we have Demanda Martini to end our episode with a phenomenal X read. Yay, Demanda. Yay. Ooh, Demanda yeah. girl, give Demanda us that. Demanda girl, yeah. Hello, Power of X Men podcast. It's me again, Demanda Martini, your favorite cosplaying drag queen. And I'm here to read characters from the Age of Apocalypse. 
Today's character is Chamber. We only got, what, three or four appearances of Chamber before the Age of Apocalypse happened. And I have to say, he got a major upgrade. He was no longer that sad, sullen, faceless British boy. Insert read of Mr. Scott Free here. And so I will say he was, he was a much more upbeat, fun-loving, like adventurous character. I mean, sad to say that he and all the other Gen X kids just died anyway because why no one cared about them because they had only appeared in four comic books why are you doing major crossovers when you just introduced these characters no one cares join me next time when i read another character from age of apocalypse right here on power of x-men Well, thanks, sugar. The Age of Apocalypse is now over, and we'll see you next time. The Age of Apocalypse is over. For now.